Jewish Money Matters episode 271, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. We are another episode of Ask Yael, Friday, August 19th. Back to school season for many of us. I guess not if you're in the Northeast, um, right? Everybody in the Northeast starts later. I don't know. I don't know the timing, but I know for us it is. How's everybody doing? I heard a from a listener, Miriam, that Monday's episode with Claire Wasserman was great. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you for that. Letting me know. Definitely. I, I think it's interesting sometimes to, you know, um, shake things up a little bit and delve into conversations that deal more with systemic type issues, systemic issues. It's good to be aware of what we're up against. Not, you know, it's not really like a lot of my speed, but I, I do I do like to bring um, a little bit of that into the conversation, not because we should be limiting ourselves or feel like we're going to be held back by, you know, the things that are going on in the world, um, but to know what what we're up against, what we need to overcome, what we need to transcend, and really in, 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 what, in our own individual capacity, change, right? What, what's the work to be done? So yeah, Claire Wasterman, founder of Ladies Get Paid. She was great. She was here on Monday. You can check that episode out. We talked about women in the workplace, changes since the pandemic, the good, the maybe not so good, um, and a lot more. In other news, I had an interesting week. I'm dealing with a lot of things, like a lot of things on my plate. Huh? What's new, right? Well, how is that news, Yael? No, but um, I have something exciting coming up for you. I'll be sure to announce that, of course. I also try to work on my book, which I have to admit, I did take a big pause during the summer. I'm not proud of that, but I have retaken to the task. I'm not, I'm, I'm committed. And I have to say, it was hard getting back into it. I, I don't know, guys, I, for someone who enjoys writing so much, writing a book feels pretty hard. And I'm a pretty decent writer, aren't I? You seem to enjoy my emails. <laughs> I know I love writing them. <laughs> and you're all so kind to respond to them. I'm like, I have such a great relationship with my email subscribers. Thank you. I I, I think I interact more with my listeners via email than a- any other social media outlet. Or I-, I think you're my listeners. I don't know, but you're there and you reply and you interact with me. And uh, it's email is definitely more in my comfort zone or perhaps my zone of genius. I don't know. I'm kidding. That's not so nice. Sounds like a brag. But all that to say that I do enjoy writing those emails. And I appreciate that you enjoy getting them. As many of you fondly tell me week after week. Thank you so much. And I hopefully I get I respond to to all of you back most of you some Sometimes something slips there, but I'm pretty good about, you know, um, responding when you guys reach out after an email. Um, And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I have no idea how to get her emails, just head over to yaltrush.com forward slash newsletter and sign up. And I think you'll love what you'll start getting in, in your inbox every week. Also, finally, after much blood, sweat and tears, I think my new website 
might be really in the works. You know, you know, that brand new website I've been talking about for months. Yeah, it might actually be happening. Oh my gosh, you have no idea the relief. Ah, the stories I could tell. Too much to share. TMI. All right, I have an alumni reunion coming up. So alumni, if you've been an alumni of any of my programs, the Bitachon Boost Retreat, God Wants You to Be Rich, Jewish Money Makeover, the Spanish versions of God Wants You to Be Rich or of Jewish Money Makeover, the Momentum membership, you probably got the announcement. But if for whatever reason you didn't, know that we have an awesome alumni reunion reunion coming up August 28th. I love doing those. So be in touch with me to get your invitation and the links that you'll need. So thanks everyone who's already registered. I am very much looking forward to that. And I'm sad that not everybody can make it. It's always so hard to find a date for these events that works for everyone, but we definitely tried. So again, if you've been my student and you haven't heard from me about the alumni reunion or you haven't registered yet, be sure to be in touch and or to open your email and register because you have the links or maybe you receive them on WhatsApp, but just be in touch with me and I will send you all the information. All right. So today we're answering three questions from listeners, Leah and Hannah. But before we do that, actually, let's check out the Apple podcast review section. So today's review is from I love Hashem. Great name, right? I love that. So I love Hashem just left this review August 4th. She says, really enjoy this podcast. I recently found this podcast and I'm really enjoying it. I became Orthodox during college and I feel that finance needs to be talked about more in the religious world. I am excited to hear more about the relationship between Judaism and money. Most of the time, I find myself looking around at my friends and neighbors wondering how they support their lifestyle. Are their parents helping them. I think that's helping them. Yeah. My husband and I have good careers, but we had four children very early on in our career and it's difficult to manage the expenses. We struggle. I'm a tax CPA and I hope that one day I can, I can be able to provide advice to others like Yael. Keep up the good work. Well, first of all, thank you. I love Hashem for that review. I'm so happy that you found me. You found the, the show and that you're enjoying it. And you know, you're finding it a good productive use of your time. That's I, I'm so thrilled. And and second, this is what I want to say. Why wait till one day? I loved your last comment, helping others. Why wait till one day? In fact, I'll give you the platform. Come on over to the show as a co-host and help me give advice to others. I haven't had a listener co-host in a really long time. Happy to do that. Happy to have you with me and tackle some of our listeners' questions um, together. So be in touch with me and we'll have a 20-minute chat and maybe we can discuss this idea or we can work through some of what you expressed in the review or we can talk about whatever's on your mind. So email me, Yael at Yael Trush or WhatsApp me at the number 832-317-6778 or DM me, DM me on Instagram. All right. Let's go into the mailbag. And the first question, like I said, we have Hannah and Hannah is asking on Facebook. Um, she's asking, I guess I had posted something about I-bonds. And as you know, I also have an episode uh, on I-bonds. I want to say it's four weeks ago. Okay. Um, so regarding I-bonds, yeah, L, I've been thinking about this lately. Does it make sense to tie up cash for a year or two? Call it a Simcha fund slash emergency fund. Okay. So Hannah, I wouldn't tie up an emergency fund, or as I like to call it, an opportunity fund. So money that you want to have easily accessible if you needed to jump at an opportunity, or as they say, if there was an emergency. As for other cash, it really depends on your overall cash situation. Is is there, in fact, an emergency fund or an opportunity fund that you have, right? So 
how much cash you have, how much money you have around really is going to be a factor here on, you know, what you do with the other money, right? So, you know, do you have a cushion to lean on, right? When is the simcha? What is the time horizon for this ex- other expense, the simcha, or whatever the expense is? Um, I do think I-bonds are a great idea nowadays for short to medium t- term goals, anything beyond a year. Like I said in the episode, just beware that your money will be locked up for one year. Um, and again, provided that there is other cash readily available. So, you know, that's really how I, you know, I would think about tying money up is, well, how much money are we counting on, right? So good luck with that. Keep me posted. Let me know if you have any further questions. Leah asks via email. She has actually two questions Two, I think it's different questions. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Question number one is, I know that the stock market is meant for long-term investing. What is the minimal no, minimal number of years you would recommend for an index fund investment? 10 years, 20 years? All right. Hi, Leah. Well, listen, this all depends on your risk tolerance. Anything beyond five years is usually what we hear as considered, you know, medium term. Um, and personally, I'm comfortable with having money that I might even need in year five invested. I'm not too risk averse. Um, but again, everybody's very different. And again, it also depends on how much other money I have saved, right? So it's similar to what I was saying to Hana before. So other people would never put money that they want to have accessible in six, seven, eight, maybe nine years in the stock market. They would say, you can't have that invested. And they'd say 10 years is a better minimum, let's say. I think this is a very personal choice, which has to do with risk tolerance, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about the possibility that stock market tanks and you haven't had enough time to benefit from the recovery of the stock market. That's really what we're talking about, right? The stock market is going to go up and down. So the what we're what we're trying to to say here is, well, would I be okay if it drops and I don't have the benefit? I, I can't leave my money in there to wait for the recovery, to recover, right? And earn all that money back and then some, which is usually what happens, right? So Anywhere between, anywhere beyond five years is what is typically advised as already considered, you know, kind of that minimum that you're looking at. But I think, I do think it's very personal. And if for you, that's 10 years, then that's it, right? All right. Your second question, Leah's second question is, usually when I see something about choosing between traditional and Roth IRAs, the suggested criteria is to determine when you will be in a higher tax bracket. If you're in a higher tax bracket now, go with a traditional so that it's tax-free now. And if you expect to be in a higher higher tax bracket at retirement, go with a Roth so you are tax-free then. For many people, especially those investing later or not able to invest as much as they would like to, they will have a much greater need for their available funds after retirement than before retirement. So wouldn't that be a significant factor in making that decision? I.e., wouldn't those people be better off with a Roth regardless of their tax bracket now? In general, is there some kind of formula for determining traditional versus Roth? Okay, a little bit of a long question. I hope I didn't lose anybody here. But basically what Leah is asking, you know, how do we choose really between a traditional and a Roth? And, you know, um, maybe if I'm going to need more money and if I started saving later in life and I really... uh, 
I'm going to need more money than I later at retirement. Maybe I should bend, I should invest in the one that I won't have to be paying taxes then. So let's break this a little bit apart and kind of like simplify for people. Okay. Um, I feel like actually our listener, <laughs> I love Hashem, our reviewer of the week needs to be here helping me answer this question. Okay. So, all right. So the first thing is, let's simplify it. You are right, Leah, in the sense that with a Roth IRA, you contribute after tax dollars. So your money grows tax-free and you won't pay taxes when you start making those withdrawals. So you paid your taxes today. That means that it's very beneficial if you expect to be in a higher tax bracket at retirement because you won't be paying taxes on that income then, which of course is hard to predict. So again, with a Roth IRA, IRA, Roth IRA, you won't be paying taxes in retirement because you're paying them now. Okay. So with a traditional IRA, your money grows tax deferred and withdrawals are taxed. So at retirement, that's when you will be paying your taxes. So it is better for those who expect to be in in the same or in a lower tax bracket at retirement. Again, pretty hard to predict, right? So we're, we're making an educated guess here. Now, when you then ask whether individuals who started investing later in life and don't have as much saved up for retirement should be better off by not having the tax burden later on in life, and if so, wouldn't the Roth be better for them, or at least shouldn't that be a factor in the decision? I think that summarizes up what you were saying. I think it's an interesting question. I don't think it's a major factor. And I guess that if that's a big concern, a person can always do what's called a Roth IRA conversion. And this is where you transfer funds from a traditional IRA or 401k into a Roth IRA. You pay income taxes on the money that you convert, but then in the future, you won't need to pay taxes. Um, So just something to be aware of. I also bear in mind, though, that there is an there is an income limit to contribute to a Roth IRA. And you can check those out on the IRS website. I think for 2022, it's something like 204,000 if you're filing jointly with your husband or your spouse, and 129,000 if filing separate or single. So again, you have to it changes from year to year, or you know, it doesn't have to change from year to year, but it changes. So if you make more than that, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. Whereas there are no income limits for the traditional IRA unless unless you or your spouse have a 401k there might be an income limit there again it's something to check check out and also note that with the Roth IRA you don't have to make distributions at retirement if you don't want to meaning you don't have to withdraw money if you don't want to whereas with the traditional IRA, you do have to make withdrawals at age 72 even if you don't need that money and you'll, you'll know how much you need to withdraw. There's a calculation you have to make. You know, the government's going to tell you how much you need to withdraw. So you could potentially leave funds in your Roth IRA in your estate as part of your estate for your heirs if you wanted to. So you again, you're not obligated to make withdrawals on those investments. You can leave that for your heirs if you wanted to. So that's an interesting thing to consider. And the other thing to note is that you can have both. You can have a Roth IRA And when you reach that income limit, remember we said there's an income limit, when your income rises to the point that you're no longer eligible to contribute to your Roth IRA, then you can start contributing to a traditional IRA. And then of course, later in life, 
you can choose from which account you'll be withdrawing money. And again, note that you will be forced to take the money out of the uh, take money out of the traditional IRA at seventy two, no matter what. Okay. Um, I do think this to wrap up this question. This is a great example of why a financial advisor or planner would be great to bring in and have this discussion with you, um, which of course I'm not one, but I think that having a fiduciary financial planner um, is, you know, it's the best person to discuss this. Of course, you're, you know, you're, um, your tax consultant also is also a great person. But you know, there's there's a little bit of maneuvering and financial planning. As you see here, you know, there's estate questions, there's Roth conversions, right? There's even something called the backdoor conversion. I mean, there's, there's a few things. So I think it's one of those things, if it's a real concern, to discuss it with a financial advisor. We've talked about, I think if you search for the episode with Joe Saul Sihai and Emily Guy Birkin, um, Joe Joe gave us a really nice answer on what things to look for in an advisor, you know, and in a fiduciary specifically. And I have an episode coming up on that with a great guest. So that's also going to kind of like encourage everybody. So I think I think that's something to consider here, but I also don't want to deter you and from investing. So if you're not investing, please just get started. The worst thing we could do is just keep waiting. Again, women are known for just kind of like slowing down too much with this because we just want all the answers to all the questions. I'm not saying don't get answers, but I'm saying you're fine. Just just start investing, okay? <laughs> so let me know if you have further questions and I will try to help you with that. And maybe we need to bring our friend here, I love Hashem, to help us even further with these tax questions. So that's a wrap, ladies. Thanks to Hannah and Leah for sending in your questions. And thank you, I love Hashem, for the review. Be in touch with me, of course. Everyone keep sending in your questions. I love getting them. I love working through them. I believe I'm finally caught up with a list of questions. I remember I told you I had a big backlog. So send in your questions and I will tackle them here on Friday, possibly even next Friday. Would you believe I am probably that up to date? So you can WhatsApp me with a voice note if that's better at the number 832-317-6778 or DM me on Instagram or email yael at yaeltrush.com. And if you want to join the newsletter, yaeltrush.com forward slash newsletter. That's all you got to do. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And I will be, God willing, picking a reviewer of the week for a 20-minute session next week. Have a great day. Shabbat Shalom. I'll see you here next time.